This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Good evening, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead, number 117, for Monday, the 8th of July, 2013. Awesome. It sure is. It's good to be back. It's good. How long have we been gone? Way too long. I don't know. What do I, track time? I don't know. You probably do in some way or another, but I think it's been about three weeks. Yeah, something like that, maybe. It feels like it's been a while. You know what else it feels like? Uh, what does it feel like? It feels like we're approaching the home stretch leading into season four. Like, we're, we're, it's, it's the middle of, well, it's the first week of July already. Yes. And that's the, what's the home stretch? The home stretch is what, August, September, October? I, I think it feels like that, yeah. Right. You know, in, in a few weeks, we'll be, approach, we'll be into August, and then it's just like we got September, everyone goes back to school, and then it's October, it's Halloween, and it's here. So after this month and next month, there's only one month left. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right. And that's what I mean. Like, it feels like we're getting into the home stretch, coming down towards season four, you know, whereas like a few weeks ago, it felt like, oh, summer's just starting. We got months to go. Yet, right, 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 right. Yep. But now here we are. It's summer and we're getting to the home stretch. Season four is going to be here before we know it. Okay. So home stretch is a baseball term, right? Sure. Why not? What does I it guess mean? So. Like, what's the home stretch? Is it the last two innings, last three innings, maybe? Well, the seventh inning stretch happens in the seventh inning. Well, that's inning. when you stand up and go, oh, that really hurts because I was sitting on a wooden bench for three hours. Because <laughs> baseball games are long. Home stretch meaning. Well, yeah, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not even 100% sure it comes from baseball, but it probably does. Uh, but it's... Uh, oh, it's not even baseball. See, look at it's, that. It's uh, the straight length of track nearest the spectators where the finish line is situated. So it's a racing term. Right. I'm glad I looked that up because uh, somebody would have come down on me on the internet. Oh yeah, for that baseball. Give me a break. Yeah, exactly. So when you're going around a circular track, it's the last stretch of straight. Well, it's track. not straight. It's not circular, but yes, the home stretch is on a race. It's the last spectator type thing. It's where the finish line is. Well, we are approaching the finish line as the limit approaches season four. Could be horse racing even. Oh yes, that's home true. stretch. I think maybe even horse racing, not uh, car racing. So we're in turn three. Uh, I'd say we're in. We're we're, we're approaching turn three. Okay, so we're we're just starting turn three. So <laughs> once we get, uh, no, starting turn four, the last turn, about to hit the home stretch. Yes. Okay. Yes. All That's right. what I feel like we're doing. Sorry. And, and there you go. That was quite the analysis <laughs> of that term. It was very dramatic. All right. Sorry. Let's move on. It was very dramatic. And speaking of drama, today is uh, National Scud Day. Scud. Scud. What do you think Scud stands for? Well, Scud missiles were used in the Iraq War. It's not a day celebrating the Scud missile. No, I didn't think so, but uh, what, what, is this, what, is, what is the meaning of the Scud <laughs> that you've got there? Scud Day stands for Save the Comic, Unplug the Drama. Okay. And they don't mean comic like the Walking Dead type comic. Uh, they mean comedic, lighthearted stuff. So uh, it's a day that encourages those of us whose lives might have a touch too much drama to step back, relax, and enjoy the funnier side of life. Relaxation and humor are good for your physical and mental well-being, so turn the drama down a notch and enjoy a good laugh instead. So turn, turn, uh, save the comedy. Yeah, so but... Save the, save the comic, <clears throat> so it's just a different usement of that wordage. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, save the comic, unplug the drama. So if your life is a little bit high... 
tense, high strung, a lot of intensity. Put all that on the back burner today and just uh, enjoy a laugh and some good times and you'll feel better. Well, that's the thing is trying to figure out if your life is a comedy or a drama or a tragedy. You got to figure it out, right? Yeah, it does. It, it can sometimes take a lifetime to figure those things yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. It's sci-fi, <laughs> horror. I hope you hope your life isn't a horror. Yes. I hope it's not sci-fi. I tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what could happen. Yeah, aliens could show up at any moment. Opera would be bad, like a space opera. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fantasy. Well, uh, let's go with fantasy. I would like that. My life for a fantasy. It probably is actually. Uh, well, so anyways, it's uh, Scud Day. Unplug the drama and savor the comic. If everyone anyone's feeling sad out there or whatever or over overstressed, now is the time to uh, take a break from that and just feel good. Adjust your knobs. <laughs> turn down the drama. Turn up the comedy. Turn comic. up the comedy. Adjust your knobs. <laughs> All right. Well, it's uh, now time for the listener email of the week, which is actually a call this week. Okay. And uh, here it comes. This is from Kevin in Oregon. Hey guys, this is Kevin from Oregon, Portland, Oregon. I just wanted to call and tell you that uh, 28 Days Later is not a zombie movie. I do not know why people classify that as a zombie movie. These people are not dead. They're infected with the rage virus. They are alive. That's why there's a quote in the guy when he has one of them chained up. He says, I'm keeping it chained up to see how long it will live. They're not zombies. Love the show, guys. You guys rock. Bye. They're not zombies, Jason. Yeah, I know that. Here's the thing. I know that, too. It's uh, They're infected. They're not technically dead, and the definition of zombie is the living dead. Okay. Right? Yeah. The people, the, the but we referred to um, 28 Days Later as a zombie movie. Now, I think uh, that is fair to do in that it's probably fair to group those movies together in at least in a broad sense, don't you think? Uh, in a broad sense, uh, I I'm think just zombie movie. To... Yeah, no, and 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 you're absolutely right in on both fronts. I mean, we did I did classify it as a zombie movie, and it kind of is a zombie movie. I'm going to stick by that, but they are. He he is absolutely correct. They are not zombies. They are infected, and I realize that. I've seen it. I like it, but uh, it's basically. I'm not going to defend my position. I just I believe it's a a zombie movie. But I, there are other stuff. Uh, there's other movies out there that I would consider to be zombie movies. Uh, Clerks, for example, is sort of like a zombie movie. <laughs> are you saying the characters are tedious and one-dimensional? Uh, and you know, sedentary and yeah, I would, I would, I would. I, would, I didn't like Clerks, by the way. I know you didn't. So uh, I would consider that a zombie movie. I thought Clerks was um, funny. That's what made made it good. I didn't find it funny. No, that's weird. I tried to watch Clerks 2. I couldn't watch that either. I thought Clerks 2 wasn't a spectacular movie, but as a companion with Clerks 1, I thought they worked very well together as two parts of a, a whole, two halves of a whole. Right. Um, but then if you are not, if you don't like Clerks or you don't like Kevin Smith, you're probably not going to like those movies. Oh, don't even get me started on Kevin Smith. It's such a love-hate thing with that guy. Right. There's things that I just absolutely love about Kevin Smith. Some of his, his talks are, he's a very articulate, smart man. I love listening to him talk. I cannot listen to his podcast. As soon as he takes one inhale of pot, he's useless to me. Yeah, and he does that a lot. I know. I can yeah. tell. I used to listen to his podcast, but I sort of, yeah, moved on from it a while yeah. ago. All but right. he's got a whole podcasting empire now. Well, yeah, I know. He's, yeah, he's, it's a whole thing. It, it's a whole big thing. Um, but you should you should see uh, Dogma. 
It's a well, little I've bit... seen Dogma. I like Dogma. Okay, see, that's a little bit less of a Kevin Smith movie yeah. with air quotes. That was that. Yeah, I really liked Dogma. I thought that was a fantastic movie. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. See, that's Kevin Smith. There's some things I really like, some things I just, just dumb. Just don't see Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That's more I... of a Kevin Smith movie. Done. I have not seen that. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, Kevin, speaking of Kevins from Oregon, says that 28 Days Later is not a zombie movie. We both agree with that, but I also think it's fair to lump them together because it's people who are attacking other people, basically trying to eat them or rip them apart. Right, and if you take enough step backs, you can, uh, steps back, you can lump any movie together, you know? Filmed on film. <laughs> Filmed using a lens, <laughs> you know? That's enough step backs. But this is, uh, yes, I would lump... Uh, you know, it's not strictly a zombie movie because uh, it doesn't contain zombies, but it's a zombie-esque type situation and movie. You know, survival, apocalypse, something happened. Human beings are no longer the human beings you know and love. They're after you. They want to kill you. Right. It's it's not a jump to put these two sorts of things together. And right. at the very least, they're easy to compare. Right. And uh, I'll say something really controversial now. Oh, okay. And that is that I enjoyed 28 Weeks Later more than 28 Days Later. That's not controversial. I think it generally is. You're most... wrong, but it's not controversial. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're just simply wrong. Right. Is all. I liked it better. I don't know why. I liked seeing the slight reestablishment of a system kind of thing where people were rebuilding a little bit, at least from that military thing they had going on, um, and then watching that break down again. Whereas the first movie was like, dude wakes up, he walks out, and like society's already broken down already. Well, that's a zombie. That's a zombie movie right there. Well, I mean, absolutely. that situation is a zombie trope, right? In the hospital, woke up, still, you know, life as you know it is gone. <laughs> Where have we ever seen that before? Yeah, really. <laughs> um, well, you and I have, t- have talked about this before. Uh, you like other movies, like Spider Man Two. What you liked more than the original Spider Man? Absolutely. Yeah. See, and I disagree, but because I like the uh, I like the emergence story more. Emergent stories are fine. Origin stories are great. But Spider-Man 2 with the Sam Raimi films had yeah. had everything going for it. Everything in that movie was just perfect. Yeah. Alfred Molina as as uh, Doc Ock. It was good, but I liked the first one better. Nobody likes the third one. Well, we're just going to ignore the third one. Never existed. If you don't mind. <laughs> um, yeah. That's so, not a zombie movie. That's more of a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> definitely a bit of a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Um, I would also classify it as a superhero movie. And comic book movie. Also comic book. We could t- we could t- throw all those together into one bucket. Uh, yes, we could. Except that 28 Days Later is not a comic book. I'll bet you there has been a comic book made of it. Graphic novel version? That's true. Movie That's adaptation? True. Yep. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we are here to talk about The Walking Dead, and we are going to do that at some point okay. this show. <laughs> promise, promise, promise. <laughs> Despite everything that's happened so far. We have got a few things coming up. We're going to announce our uh, next Walking Dead actor spotlight today. Cool. And we will be actually executing the spotlight in two weeks when we record next. We'll also be taking a doing a brief, quick review of uh, the new Telltale Games walking uh, uh, downloadable content, 400 days. I'm looking forward to that. I've played it. Your life has been a gong show lately, so you haven't had time, and that's totally fine, but I'll give you my thoughts. Nobody hit the gong. That's the problem. <clears throat> nobody hit the gong? It's the gong show, so it's just a complete bunch of garbage, but nobody <laughs> gonged me out. Somebody hit the gong. Somebody, please, <laughs> gong him out. Um, and before all that, we're going to start with this. The Walking Dead News. 
That's right. It's time for the Walking Dead news. Um, the first few items here are all about season four, so they're a little bit spoilery, but it's things like episode titles, casting announcements, stuff like that. So not super spoilery, and it's the kind of stuff that you will likely you know, discover anyways before you even see the episode, especially the titles and so on. So if you're concerned about that, then move on. Otherwise, let's talk about the first item here. Okay, I'm not concerned, so let's go. All right, let's do it. Uh, please don't leave. Okay. Season four premiere. We still don't know when it's going to be yet, but we do know the title. Oh, good. Yeah. What's it titled? The title is 30 Days Without an Accident. So it's <laughs> like well, like one of those signs in a warehouse where you say number of days without an accident, 25, and then somebody falls off a forklift and you have to reset it to zero. Where did I see that? That was in uh, Iron Man, Iron Man 3. Was it? There was a there was a sign they were having a big battle and there was a sign that said uh, something like 68 days without an accident and then they hit the sign and all the numbers fell and it just turned out to be zero because they were having a big battle. <clears throat> well, that joke has been done in other things. I think the Simpsons have probably made that joke, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So 30 days without an accident. Right. And now the question I have here, we've talked about the the uh, time jump that we're going to see between season three and season four. Yep. And we were speculating that it would be at least three months, maybe up to nine or ten months. Do you think we're only going to have a 30-day, one-month time jump based on this title? No. I think that uh, we're going to start after, like at the uh, the 30-day mark without an incident, a zombie-related incident. That doesn't mean there hasn't been some in the past. So if we're going eight months into the uh, into the future from the last season... Uh, there'll be many zombie incidents. Maybe they'll get up to 20 days and they'll be excited, and then, oh, we get attacked by a zombie. Right. And then it'll get up to 15 days, and they'll start getting more and more excited, but this time they're up to 30 days, which is the uh, the current high, high score of uh, lack of zombie incident. Now, it's not zombie incident. It's accident. So it could or could, may or may not relate to zombies directly. Oh, it's going to be related to zombies. Well, this is a show about zombies. <clears throat> this, there's a zombie TV show. Um but it's accident. So, you know, I mean, Herschel could trip and fall, break his nose. They have to cut it off. That's maybe an accident. It, maybe it's the number of days uh, since Rick has seen Lori. Um, yeah. Or Peter's pants. I don't know. <laughs> One or the other, you really. You have an accident. Oh, I had an accident. <laughs> yeah, Down Carl. Zero. Carl, the baby, maybe. <laughs> maybe they've toilet trained the baby already. That'd be scary. That would be weird. So anyways, 30 Days Without an Accident doesn't have anything to do with the actual length of time between seasons. It's simply a counter. And we're going to start at that point. And of course, in that first episode, there's probably going to be an accident. Well, yeah. Somebody's going to pee their pants or there's going to be a zombie uh, attack or uh, somebody's going to hit somebody else with a forklift. It could be any of those I'm things. I'm going to go with any one of those three. I'm going to go with zombie bite. Okay. Uh so there you go. So we also know the title for season four, episode seven, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a good if predictable title. Episode seven of season four. No, that's the title. No, nope. episode seven. <laughs> Dead weight. Dead weight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like predictable title. If you were going to throw out things that they might title one of the episodes, you might even come to dead weight. You might. Um, you might also choose dead end. Dead end. Dead end. Dead Ant, and the Pink Panther shows up. Dead Ant. Um, I was going to say you might also choose um, Brain Eater, you know? Zombies don't eat brains in this show. No, that's true. That's true. Um, All right, so what else? Walker. (laughs) 
Texas Ranger. <laughs> That's right. They should call one Texas Ranger, and then you make the implication. Yeah, you do the jump yourself. <laughs> but they're also casting some people for Episode 7. Two brothers. Two brothers. Brother actors or brother characters? I believe characters who are about 30, apparently. One of them is called Mac, and he's a, an aggressive wise-ass. And his brother Patrick is fair-minded, so they're, they're opposites. Right. Um, so they're the odd couple. A little bit. Now, Mac is a recurring role, and Patrick is a guest role. <laughs> oh, so he's going to die. So Patrick gets eaten. <laughs> Maybe Pat, well, this is episode seven, so this is long after the initial accident. Right. But uh, he gets eaten, and we are stuck with Mac. Um, now, here's the thing about all the casting we've been talking about in the last few podcasts. I kind of assume most of these people are just going to be background-ish characters that are pulled from the group of Woodburyans that they brought on the bus. Right. Right. That's where most of the new characters are going to turn up. And they have a line here, a line there. Uh, maybe one or two of them come to the forefront for a little bit. For example, Mac. Um, but we're not going to have too many people walking in from the road saying, hey, I'm here. Can I move in? Except for Bob Stuckey, because we know he's he's showing up somewhere. Right, right, right. <clears throat> so I'm thinking, you know... Last week when we were talking about new characters, and now we've got Mac and Patrick, we're really just talking about people in the Woodbury group. Right. I would assume so, yeah. But you know what? I've made assumptions before, and they're pretty much always wrong. So we will see. We will see. Um, More casting, though, from IMDb. Jason, do you remember the second group of webisodes directed by Greg Nicotero? I sure do. Do you remember a character at the end called Kelly? The girl he finds in the uh, tied up by the guy in the storage uh, locker place. Yes, vaguely. <clears throat> so her, she was played by Serena Vincent. Okay, who has been acting for a while. Generally plays the uh, sort of sorority girl type role, will, type type role, willing to get naked on screen, stuff like that. Excellent. And uh, <laughs> sorry, my voice is breaking there. Yeah, you got excited <clears throat> by getting naked. Yeah. Um, she is listed for season four, episode one as the same character as the webisodes. Oh, interesting. On IMDb. So it could mean nothing, but as we've done in the past, I do like to go through IMDb and see what they've got and mm-hmm. bring those to, you know, to the air just in case they're absolutely real. Um, this would be the first time if it's true that they've brought a character from the webisodes. You think this is a mistake on IMDb's part or are they actually doing this? <sighs> She uh, does have a lot of acting credits, so it's not like she was just a one-off person that really is never going to act again. I really, really don't know. It could go either way. I'm of two minds. Uh, one is this is probably either uh, IMDb mistake, which has been known to happen, or disinformation, which has also been known to happen, mm-hmm. or it could be completely plausible. <laughs> it could be one of those things. Yeah, so... <laughs> I really don't know. Again, maybe she's just stuck in the Woodbury group, you know? Could be. We've got a lot of unknown people that got off that bus, and they're going to be hanging around. Um, so it's within the realm of possibility that they're going to show up here and there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe Mac, maybe Patrick is are there. Uh, maybe Kelly is there, too, and that's why she's just in one episode, and then she's killed, or she's gone, she leaves, or whatever, and that's it. Right. Don't really know. But I thought it was interesting that Serena Vincent, who is an established actress, 
played Kelly in those webisodes, and now she may be making the jump to the actual TV show. It'll be the first time that happens. That'd be nice. I think it would be fun to do that kind of thing. I do too. To just kind of shows up, and uh, you know, with the people, it's an insider thing for people who are paying attention, much like we are. Uh, I think it would be fun. I think I hope that that's the case. I agree with you. I also think it would be nice to expand the world a little bit. Like these webisodes are kind of canon. I get the feeling. You know, the first group told the story of Bicycle Girl, right? Yep. But then the living Bicycle Girl was played by a different, different actress than the, the zombified version. Right. Um, which isn't a big deal because they don't look anything alike. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it does expand the TV Walking Dead universe a little bit. And if we tie them together like this by bringing characters back and forth, you know, maybe next time Glenn shows up in the next group of webisodes if they do some. That'd be cool. Maybe it goes the other way, too. That might be sort of fun. That would be fun. So, yeah, I'm with you. I hope they do it. Um, and, uh, you know, not too much. We don't want to get too much weird jumping back and forth, but uh, it might be kind of cool. I think it would be cool. Um, finally, from SpoilerTV.com, we have a new character. We reported on Dawn last week. Dawn. And now apparently we know the actor that's going to play Dawn. Oh, cool. Who's the actor? Danny Vinson. Daddy. Da- Daddy. Daddy yeah. Vinson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, Danny. Danny. He's going to be apparently in Season 4, Episode 6. And just to uh, uh, jog your memory, he's 50 to 70 years old, is kind but sometimes grumpy, and has a granddaughter. Hmm. So we don't know anything about the granddaughter yet, but Danny Vinson apparently is playing Dawn. Now, this actor also has been in a number of things, including The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Mm -hmm. Walk the Line, Talladega Nights. Right. And Eastbound and Down on TV. I have seen some of those. I have seen all three of those movies and a couple episodes of Eastbound and Down. I've not seen Benjamin <clears throat> Buttons and I've not seen Walk the Line. Really? you really? got to see Walk the Line. Those are two pretty good movies. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have them both. I just have not had <laughs> the chance to put them on and pay attention to them. Someday you'll get around to it. Yeah. Um, so, again, another established actor uh, who may be joining our cast, uh, probably as one of the people from Woodbury. That'd be fun. So that's Dawn. Um, okay, spoilers, more spoilers, although not really, because this is just about the Season 4 San Diego Comic-Con poster that was released. As we all know, San Diego Comic-Con is in a couple of weeks. Yep. We will be recording a podcast the Monday after it, so the basically right after it closes, we'll run down everything that happened. It's important to note that we will not be there. No, 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 no. Sadly, we, we will not be there. reporting on personal uh, information. Someday, someday. Someday. That's all I can say. Someday it would be great to go to the con. Um, sadly, I won't even be going to New York this year, no. which I've done two years in a row Me now. neither. Um, but they screwed us over because they scheduled it on Canadian Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that's like, how dare they? Well, right? yeah. <laughs> we so, should write them a uh, strongly worded letter, letter to uh, the president's underlings who the, will pass on the gist of it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I predict right now that New York Comic Con this year will not be as fun because most of Canada can't come. Right, because they have family obligations. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it would be like if we did something on American Thanksgiving. They're not coming to see us. Yeah. It's the way it is. Got other plans. Um, so season four, uh, so Comic-Con San Diego released a poster for uh, season four, and uh, we have it up in front of us right here. Do, do we uh, not? I have it up in front of me, yes. So we've got four of our characters on it. We've got Rick in the foreground, 
uh, in the center with Daryl just behind him mm-hmm. uh, with his crossbow with long hair. Oh, yeah. On the left-hand side, we've got Tyrese surrounded by zombies and swinging his hammer. Those zombies are holding him up. It sure does it look sure like looks, it. Uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he's gotten a home run, and uh, the rest of the team has come out and are holding them <laughs> on their shoulders. They're walking around on his shoulders That's to right. celebrate his uh, entering the home stretch. And he got the home run by hitting the ball with that hammer, oh. so it's doubly exciting. Right. They don't have a bat, so in their free time they play hammer baseball. Hammer ball, yeah. <laughs> so he's there, yeah. and we've got Michonne on the other side. Riding a freaking horse. She's got a horse there. Where does she get the horse? Well, that's what I want to know. But let's let's talk about Rick first. Okay. So we've seen Rick before in one other picture released. So we've seen his long beard before. We've, I like we, his beard. I think it's good. We've got the beard. Good it's a good, beard. good looking beard. Absolutely. Yeah. His hair itself isn't too much longer, though, is it? So I guess he's no. growing out the beard but cutting the hair. Yeah, he's styling it, too. He's got some uh, some gel there. <laughs> that's good. Somewhere he's he found a jar of gel. That's good. Now, he's kind of in his same pose from most of the other promotional shots where he's got his arm up with the big gun, yep. and, although it's, it's off-center this time. He's not pointing it right at the camera, and we're not, or we're not getting a, like a 90-degree to yeah. his arm no, shot. No, he's protecting us. As the audience uh, viewer, he's protecting us from something that's behind us. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. Look out. Yeah, watch it. I'm just going to stand here with a serious look on my face and blow it away. Yeah. Um, so then we've got Daryl behind him. He's got some long hair rocking. Oh, yeah. That guy isn't really growing the... Does he have a goatee? He's got a bit of a... He's got something going on there. It looks like a goatee. And it looks like something on his cheek, too. That's dirt. I think that's dirt, eh? I do think that's dirt. All right, so let me zoom in here. Uh, that does kind of look like dirt, doesn't it? It's dirt and a goatee. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would grow a beard like that. <laughs> but you know what? I think he's got a little chin beard along the bottom of his jawline there. They might in the Hunger Games. If he was in the Hunger Games, they would have a beard like uh, that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Anyways, that looks like dirt. He does look pretty dirty, but of course they all do. Um, and he has the crossbow partially raised, so yes. he's on alert. He's about to protect us from something behind us. He's monitoring a situation that's going on to our back and to our right. And uh, if there is trouble in that quadrant, he's going to take care of it. Okay, that's good. Um then we got Tyrese. We talked about him. He's being held up by zombies. Really, he just looks like he's in a bad situation. Yeah, he's he's putting the beat down on those uh, those fine zombies around him. He definitely is. But I think actually being in that situation, he would not come out alive. He's wearing webbing too, which is interesting. the uh, The harness he's got on, yeah, is a, is a military. I believe, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I believe it's a, a military harness. And when I was in the reserve, we called it webbing which was sort of like just a place to hang stuff. So it came with a belt and suspenders, essentially, and it gave you a place to put on uh, your canteen and your KFS and a few uh, ammo pouches or maybe a small backpack. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there a backpack attached to that? A little tiny kind of like a fanny pack, but it's meant to be worn, and you could put on a backpack over top of it to carry it. You take it off, and it also gives you a nice convenient place to grab onto somebody and drag them. Like so, it's it's a, right. a good place to to drag somebody. So so it's kind of a storage system for your body. Yes, and you call it webbing. Webbing. Okay, cool. That's uh, that would be pretty useful in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, it I would be think. useful. I'm sure he hangs his hammer on there. Yeah, where are you gonna? Yeah, that's it's like a utility belt. A man needs to know where it's to like hang his Batman. hammer. It's yeah, playing it's baseball with a hammer. With a hammer, <laughs> Batman might do that. He's the man. <laughs> Uh, so that's Tyrese. He's in a bad situation. And then we got Michonne yeah. on a horse, sword out up in the air. 
um, and surrounded by zombies. Now, let me ask you a question, Jason. Yeah, what's your question? The thing hanging off her back, that's the, um, that's the sword sheath, right? Scabbard, yeah. Scabbard? Yeah. That's not another sword, is it? No, it's not. Okay, I, I thought for some maybe for a second there that the white on there was another sword handle, like she had two of them. No, it, it's uh, it's a rope design similar to the handle, like it, it's put on there to match the Designed handle of the match. katana. But yeah, it's a it's a scabbard. Okay, so no double sword. I thought that might be cool, but it's not. Um, but why does she have a horse? Where'd she get a horse? I don't know. Is this just a picture, or are we actually going to see another horse in the show? I hope we see a horse. Of so, course. <laughs> So they're going to have to find one. I mean, Rick's horse from season one. That horse is dead. Well, he's long gone. Yeah. Uh, that horse sacrificed himself so Rick could escape, more yes. or less. He's a hero horse. A hero horse. Glue horse. Yeah, all right. So it looks like we find a new horse. So she could be a pretty awesome zombie-killing machine with a katana and a horse. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, if the horse doesn't get spooked. Now, look at the eye of that horse. It looks pretty scared. Uh, I think the horse looks determined. Not scared. I don't think the horse looks scared. I think the uh, horse is like uh, its mouth would be open if it was scared. I'm, I don't know anything about horses. I'm just completely <laughs> speculating here, but I don't think that horse looks scared. I think it looks uh, like it knows there's something going on, but it's got its emotions under control. Well, that's a quality horse then. Yeah. Because any other horse surrounded by zombies like that you'd think would be panicking the crap out of itself. The horse's mane has been cut. It's short. Uh-huh. Uh, so that the zombies can't get a hold of it, and it does have a saddle. Does have well, it's hard to ride a horse without a saddle. But it's not impossible. No, it's not impossible. But, but it's I, a lot easier to control and stay on a horse with a saddle. Sure, but if you go f- looking for a horse, you know, a year into the zombie apocalypse, I mean, I guess if that, that horse is still around, it may or may not have a saddle. Right. Like you might have to find a saddle too, is what I'm saying. Well, you know, prisons usually have uh, stables. That's true. No, they don't. <laughs> no, just kidding. Prisons have stables. No, they don't have stables. It's not a country club. That's true. <laughs> uh, where would typically have stables other than a country club? Horse track, racetrack. Horse racetrack. There you go. That's what they're going to go find. Right. Um, is there a word for the thing that goes on the horse's head and in its mouth with the reins on it? Bridle. A bridle. See, I knew I had you around for some reason. I'm, I'm concerned that I'm wrong, but I think that that's, uh, it's not a headgear. Anyways, it's wearing one of those, too. Horse braces. Horse <laughs> Yeah. Uh, So it's got some horse braces on. And um, anyways, she's on a horse. That's exciting. I like it. I I hope we get to actually see that horse, and I hope that Tyrese has a hammer. Okay, so here's my other question about this poster. What does it mean to you? Does this poster, the way it's framed, what it's showing, does it tell you anything about season four? No. Do you think there's a reason it shows these four characters? Everybody else dies? Well, maybe not that extreme, but do you think maybe season four is going to kind of focus on these four? Or is it just these are cool characters, put them in like people love these people? All right. So my question to you is, I'm going to answer that question with a question. Let's just ask questions back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, My question to you is the first poster for season three. Did it have the governor on it? Um, Okay. There was a poster for season three that had Rick... And the governor, right beside each other. That was the that was the uh, the interim break poster, wasn't it? It could have been. Yes. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> uh, no, the first season, the first poster just had Rick standing up on the overturned bus, okay, in his gun pose, but ninety degrees to us. And then the second one is the one that had 
um, Rick and the governor behind him. Right. You're right. That was for the second half. Okay. So I think that this may indicate a situation, it, it, and I don't see the prison behind them. I see them. I see woods behind them. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, what this tells me is that Tyrese and Michonne are going to be the go out and get stuff kind of people, whereas Rick and Daryl are going to be the protect the people, uh, the the people at the prison kind of guys. As you said, they're protecting us as the viewer of this poster right, right now. Yeah. So Tyrese is looking like he's. Uh, Doing something, you know, you know, putting the beat down on these zombies. And Michonne, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, she's looking at us. She's like, looking right at she's us. She's looking right at us. So uh, she is. Uh, I'm not sure what that that means, but I don't know. I get the feeling that Tyrese and Michonne are going to be out and about doing stuff, getting errands done, putting the beat down on whatever they find. Uh, whereas Rick and Daryl are going to be. Uh, protecting the homestead kind of guys. That's an interesting point that she's looking right at us. I didn't notice that before, but she's the only character in the poster that is actually looking straight at the camera. Yeah, she's mad at me, I think. <laughs> what did you do to piss her off? <laughs> I don't know. You, but you don't I, want to piss her off. I'm man. concerned. She's got a horse and a katana. <laughs> it's quite the combo. So here's the, the flip side to these being the four characters for, that we're going to focus on in season four. Sort of along the lines of what you're saying, we've got... Rick and Daryl, like the the two-headed monster leading this group. And then we've got, on the periphery, Tyrese and Michonne. Right. So is this season going to be about Rick and Daryl leading a group, whereas and everyone else is going to fall to the background a little bit more, to be utility people, like you said, going out on runs, killing zombies, doing whatever? It could be. Are we reading <clears throat> too much into a single image? Yes, we are. Okay. But that's our job. Yes. So who knows what could happen, really. I think it's a pretty good poster. I like it. Um, and it intrigues me, especially the horse. You know what I'd like to see? Tell I'd me. like to see the uh, the backstory for each one of these zombies in this poster. <laughs> each what one. their name is, what uh, how they got to where they are. Yeah. We do have a, uh, a creative writing contest going on. Oh. And this, uh, this, the situation for this poster would make a very interesting story. All right. Well, when we uh, – there's, there's a little hint for you short story contest tell the story of this poster one other thing i noticed about it um the zombie that's right in front of tyrese directly in front of him yep who we get a direct rear view on um and his head is shaved and very smooth yes the first thing i thought when i saw that is the zombie was wearing some sort of helmet like a very smooth military helmet right now looking at it it's it's not it's just where it's just its head as far as I can tell, that's very smooth. Yep. But I thought it would be, at first I thought, oh, zombies wearing military gear. I wonder what's going on here. Maybe we're going somewhere where there might be military zombies. That could be. More of them. However, that doesn't appear to be the case. So no. we will see. Uh, if you have any thoughts on this poster, or if you think we're insane for analyzing it, let us know. Send an email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com and uh, let us know what you think. Now, speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, of course, there will be a Walking Dead panel there, and uh, I have all the information on it, or at least the important information. It's going to be on Friday, July 18th, so that's uh, a couple Fridays from now, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And the panelists will include Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, Stephen Yun, Lauren Cohan, Denai Guerrera, David Morrissey, Chad Coleman, Scott Wilson, new showrunner Scott Gimple, producer Gail Ann Hurd, Robert Kirkman, executive producer David Alpert, and Greg Nicotero. Fun. So all the usuals, 
But we do get uh, Chad Coleman for the first time, I think. And I don't remember if David Morrissey went to San Diego last year, so it might be his first time. Obviously, new uh, showrunner Scott Gimple will be his first time on a panel as a showrunner. Good fun, yeah. So he could have some interesting things to say. And uh, Scott Wilson, too, who plays Herschel. I'm not sure if he was there last year, but he might have been. I really don't know. So uh, there it is. They will be debuting the trailer for season four at the panel. And according to AMC TV, while I was watching some of the marathon this past weekend, it will be available online the next day on the 19th. So we don't have long to wait for a season four trailer. The world is getting better, my friend. It's a home stretch. That's what I'm telling you. We're entering the home stretch. I'm also just thinking in terms of why hold on to something if you have it, release it. There you go. You know? Yeah. I mean, let those people see it a day early. That's fair. They're at Comic-Con. And then let the world see it the next day. I remember the final season of 24. The DVDs of that entire season were available the day after of the finale. That's smart. Yeah. I think it's smart. I think it's smart. Why wait six months or eight months and just pain in the ass? For people to forget it and not care anymore. If you have it, let it out there. I wish Breaking Bad would do that. Jesus. That thing has been... I've been waiting for that for like a year and a half now, it feels like. I, I'm anxious. Sopranos did that. Battlestar Galactica did that. Oh, I know. I know. People are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I derive from yeah, that. <laughs> pretty much. Um, so there you go. Walking Dead panel. We will be breaking all that down next time on the podcast. Lucky for us, the trailer should be out and we will have time. We will have had time. Oh, if I could talk. Have had time to analyze every frame like we did last year. <laughs> and completely get it all wrong. Yeah. So that should be fun again. That'll be great. Two more items in the news before we move on. The Walking Dead has won some awards, which is always good good. uh, good for them. The Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films had its 39th annual Saturn Awards recently, and The Walking Dead took home the award for Best Syndicated Slash Cable Television Series. And Lori Holden won the award for Best Supporting Actress on Television. Nice. Not bad. Now, The Walking Dead beat out the following shows to win. True Blood, Dexter, American Horror Story, Leverage, and The Killing. So some some quality shows. Oh, yeah. I don't know what Leverage is. uh, It's been nominated for stuff before. I think we've talked about it, but we've never looked into it. I'm going to look into it. Good for you. It's probably something we should watch. TV. Uh, but anyway, some serious contenders there, especially with True Blood and Dexter. Yeah. Um, no, there's some really good shows on there. A lot of shows that I like. Well, I, I, all but Leverage I watch, so there you go. Lori Holden, she beat out, again, some heavyweights who've been around a long time, such as Jennifer Carpenter from Dexter. Wow. Uh, Sarah Carter from Falling Skies. Jessica Lang from American Horror Story. Beth Reisgraf, or Reisgraf from Leverage. And Anna Gunn from Breaking Bad. Wow. So There's some uh, heavy hitters there for sure. This, this is all about baseball this week, or yeah. what we thought was baseball. Well, yeah, anyways. it's actually horse racing. <laughs> that's right. Uh, mutters. There's some mutters in there. <laughs> no, he- heavy hitters. That's baseball for sure. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to the show and, of course, to Lori Holden for winning those awards. Jennifer Carpenter can uh, swear like a poet. Oh, she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she's heard. I just love it when she swears. The funniest swearing I have heard on Dexter is when she was referring to someone who got really upset about something, and she said something like, I don't know who stepped on his dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that That's classic stuff. 
yeah. <laughs> right there. God love her. <clears throat> um, I we've only seen one so far episode of the last season of Dexter, and it was good. I have not seen it. You'll have to watch that soon. I will have to see it. The second one aired last night, I think. Cool. Okay, so one more item in the news before we move on, and that is just uh, kind of a general interest one here. There's a company putting out a replica of Michonne's Katana. So if you're the type of person that wants to own that sort of prop replica, now you can. Um, Officially licensed and limited to 2,000 pieces worldwide, hand-forged 1045 carbon steel, comes with a certificate of, of authenticity, and each sword is individually serialized. It will be available mid-September, and you can pre-order now for $224.95. That's not bad. And it's it's for sale on a, on a uh, site called sharpenpointy.com, which is really a great, uh, <laughs> that is really great. great URL. Well, I'm going to take a look around here and find out. They have all sorts of knives and things like that, and uh, including the Walking Dead limited edition Michonne's Katana. It looks pretty cool. It does. I it looks really it. nice. Um, I don't know much about, you know, swords, but from what I can tell in these pictures, it looks really nice. It looks really nice, authentic, and uh, you're absolutely right. The um, scabbard. The pattern on the scabbard matches the handle of the sword. <clears throat> yeah. And it looks good. So it's pretty cool. If I, you know, could afford it, and I really wanted it, I would be getting one of these to put over my uh, mantle. I don't know. Put somewhere up on the wall. (laughs) Probably over my TV. Did you know that swords are perfectly legal in Canada? You can walk down the street with a sword, and it would be perfectly legal. Is that a federal law, or is it different from province to province? It's a federal law. Uh, Yeah, it's a federal law. Municipal municipal laws might... Like, the cops are going to stop you. Like, don't get me wrong. But uh, I believe it's completely legal to... As long as it's not concealed, you're fine. If you have it in your hand, you're good to go. So does that apply? For, that, that must apply just for knives, too. You can walk around with yeah. a knife in your hand. Yeah. Um, like I say, the cops are going to stop you. Why do you have that knife? What are you about it, to do with it? If that? you say protection, you're under arrest. If you say, I'm about to cut a bunch of apples over at a friend's house, okay, see you later. Have a nice day. Uh, yeah, they might ask you one or two more questions, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. So you can walk around with a sword. Yeah. Even a giant sword like this. Yep. A long sword. Yes, a broadsword. Yes, I was uh, when I was over in Asia. Uh, one of the guys that I was traveling with uh, bought two swords in uh, in Shanghai. Uh, packed them in luggage on the plane, like you can. Uh, they, they weren't like they were checked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got through customs, carried them home. There, no problem. Got in the back of the taxi. Yeah, back of the taxi. <laughs> There's just these two big long swords. Huh. I didn't know that. You can buy a sword down at the, go to uh, uh, the expo or the uh, the ex. What do you call that? The Canadian National Expo- ex- 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 Exhibition. Exhibition. Yes. Uh, you can buy swords there. Yeah. Well, I've seen shops and stuff that sell them. And, and when you go to comic conventions, there are there are booths there that where yeah. guys are making swords and selling them. I've never really had any insight into how authentic <clears throat> they are, but they certainly look real. Oh, they're replicas. Like, you don't want to hit anything with them because they'll snap in half like nothing. Really? Eh? Oh, yeah. No, you don't want to actually do anything with them. They're, they're just replica showpieces. Okay, well, either oh. way, they look like real weapons. Yeah. If you're walking around... Oh, I'm sure they would hurt if you whack somebody with them. But... Pointy enough to stab somebody. Yeah. Right. So Don't have a sword fight with them, though, because if they got a real sword, you're going to lose. Okay. Um, anyways, we're not saying it's a good idea to walk around the street with a giant sword <clears throat> no, or no. a knife. Jason's just saying you can if you want. Yeah, same rules for shotguns. 
not a good idea to walk around. Yeah, with they're perfectly legal to walk around as long as it's not concealed, but the cops are going to pull you over. And they're going to stop you and ask you why you got a shotgun. Yeah. And, and they'll find a reason to take you to the police station. Oh, especially for a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I would imagine a giant samurai sword, you might end up in the police station for a little while. Yeah. I'm thinking. So not a great idea, even if you can do it. Yes. Don't listen to Jason. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, anyways, this is a pretty cool-looking replica. I recommend going over to sharpenpointy.com. I'll have a link on our site if you want to go find it. Uh, and it's pretty, very, very cool-looking, I, mm-hmm. I, I must think. It's got a lot of detail on it, which is pretty cool. And that is the news for this week. You have heard the news. Uh, We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will do a little bit of listener feedback. We are going to announce our next Walking Dead actor spotlight and a brief review of The Walking Dead 400 Days. All that right after this. Stay tuned. Listeners of The Talking Dead Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. We always like to recommend a book to get you started, and there are so many good ones, 100,000 titles or so, but Jason, you have one that you think the listeners are going to enjoy this week. I'm going to recommend The Dwarves by Marcus Heights. The Dwarves, a book about dwarves. Uh, Yes, a fantasy book about dwarves. Apparently there's a whole series. Yeah. And uh, I recently uh, purchased this book on my Kindle. Nobody's going to write just one book about dwarves. No. You've got to write a whole series. Yeah, and I, I like dwarves. I like dwarves when I play D&D. I like the dwarven culture. I like the concept of them. Uh, digging around in mines, looking for gold, looking for shiny stuff, uh, building great works of art underneath the, uh, underneath the earth. Uh, so I picked up this book on Kindle, started reading it, decided I wanted to actually have a physical book. I missed the thingness of books, bought the book, started reading it, uh, or kept reading, uh, really liked it, and looked it up on Audible, and it's there. And now I'm torn as to whether or not I want to buy this and listen to it rather than actually read the book. You're going to get it on Audible. I know you are. Well, and you're going to have both. I do have uh, four credits available. It's been a while since I've actually purchased a book. I booked. The, I grabbed the last one you recommended. What was it, The Martian? The Martian, also a good choice. I, I bought that like the... Uh, as soon as you recommended it, but uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Right. So this one is uh, is uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. All right, and I think that uh, our listeners would enjoy the, the audible version. If you like dwarves, which is uh, correct, dwarfs is not correct. Uh, dwarves, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, Tolkien. It's dwarfs. Oh, I see. So don't say that. This is Dwarves. Yes. All righty. Pick up Dwarves. Go over to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead uh, to pick up this book or any one of their other 100,000 title catalog, including periodicals, fiction, nonfiction, biographies, fantasy, everything you can imagine. 
Um, newspapers. Newspapers. You, you know, read, newspapers read to you for crying out loud. Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's it's a it's just perfect. You can do this while you're commuting, while you're doing the dishes, while you're gardening, whatever you want. Um, and there are so many choices, it's great. But if you're going to do that, please go to audibletrial.com slash talkingdead to support us and what we do. And uh, that's the best way to get your free trial and your free audiobook. Cleaning the cat litter. You can listen to it while cleaning the cat litter. Also a good idea. Yeah. It's time to do a real quick review of The Walking Dead 400 Days. This is the downloadable content for Telltale's The Walking Dead, which was a video game released on multiple platforms over the course of five episodes last year. Which was good. It was spectacular, I thought. Um, and it won a number of awards, Game of the Year uh, included, which which is saying something right there. Mm-hmm. Um, now they've released some downloadable content to tide us over before season two of the game, which will be coming out, I don't know, maybe later this year, maybe not until 2014, but it's on its way. To kick us off here, a uh, friend of the show, Dave, sent in a call, a little mini review of what he thought. So let's, let's hear what Dave had to say about 400 Days. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jason. It's your friend, your pal, Dave. And I'm calling to let you know that I have just finished uh, The Walking Dead 400 Days. And i got to tell you, it is uh, of the same high caliber of the, uh, the Walking Dead game, or the first Walking Dead game. And it makes you really anticipate the, the second game, or the next game coming out. And uh, I think it appears to set up a, a scenario for the second season the game but i have a small complaint and that small complaint is the cost of the game if you consider that say you buy the uh the season's pass for 20 bucks and you get five episodes in that season each episode is anywhere between three to five um three to five hours that ends up being a pretty good deal because you're paying about four bucks for three to five hours worth of gameplay the problem with 400 days is that you're paying $5 and you're getting significantly less gameplay time. Um, so I can't really say that the money is worth it at this point. Um, it's a little disappointing that it wasn't included in the season's pass. But, I mean, it's, they can't... Uh, well, they got bills to pay too, I suppose. Uh, the other thing that I noticed that it seems the decision-making process was uh, sped up significantly, so you had to make your choices a lot faster. 
in 400 days than you did in the Walking Dead season one. But other than that, like I said, it's the same high caliber of game. Um, and for the 10 minutes or so that you're with each character, um, I think they do a good job of really pulling you into that character and, and getting you to make decisions uh, that that you like, that you're happy with. Uh, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to play through again, but I'm really tempted because I lost one person. Oh. Anyhow, I hope you guys uh, did better than I did, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, Dave. So according to him, he, he pretty much liked it, but not quite worth the money. Um, I sort of agree with them there. It's a pretty short game. It's a, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half to play through once. Um, but it is downloadable content. It's not a full game by any respect. So the way it's set up is there are basically five mini scenarios that you play through involving different characters in each one. When we talked about the um, <clears throat> announcement for the game a few weeks ago, I think we mentioned that there were those images released, each with a name on it, and you sort of collected them and figured the names of the five characters. Right. We didn't really know what was going on at the time, but that's what it turns out to be. There's these characters, you play through each of their scenarios. Um, and then they kind of come together at the end in a, in a, in a way. So um, I agree with Dave. I think it was very, very good. In fact, in some, some of the scenarios were better, in my opinion, than anything we got in the original game. Really? Yeah. So they're each about 10 or 15 minutes long. And um, they're all at least as good as the original game. And some of them are even better. The one I want to call out is, I won't give anything away really, but you're, one of the things you have to do is get out of a car and walk down a highway in the night in a very foggy evening. So you can't see anything around you but you know you know, something bad is going to happen. And the reason you get out of the car is because you've hit somebody and you want to go back and see if they're okay. In oh, fact, geez. you don't even know if they were a zombie you hit or a living person you hit. So and you get out of the car anyway. So, so there's two people in the car. You, have, you play rock, paper, scissors to decide who gets out of the car, which, <laughs> which I must admit was very fun. That's fun. And then uh, you get out and walking through the fog slowly uh, is one of the creepiest scariest things i've done in a video game in a long time nice. i was really really clenched about it because you really don't know what's about to happen you don't even know what you're walking towards on the street and then you know the mechanic or what this you know the story that takes place and how you have to get back to the car is actually pretty cool too you know it's it's really really well done there was a few things in the game that were totally different than um than sort of gameplay mechanic than what we had in the in the original full game. Right. Uh, just the, what you were asked to do and how you had to do it, I thought was was a good addition. So I was really really happy with it. I think it was totally worth downloading, even though it was a little expensive. And playing through, if you enjoyed the first one, you're really going to like this add-on. Well, I look forward to playing it. I haven't had a chance yet. But yeah, I I, I really would. It's not a big time commitment, right? So get get in there and do it. Um, the thing about the speed of decision-making, my experience with it was the less important decisions, some of the more conversational things, seemed to give you more time to uh, decide what you were going to say, yeah. whereas the ones that were very important, heat-of-the-moment kind of stuff, was fast. Wow. So you had to read those things quick, 
or make a decision really quick on what to do. Um, and Dave's right. Those, those were a lot faster. So it was a little more hairy to get through it. But the other ones, while you're talking, I felt like you had even more time. So that kind of s- slowed the game down a bit, but not in a bad way, right, really, right. at all. Um, the other thing I want to mention about it is, you know, remember at the end of the game, it shows you uh, what percentage of players made certain choices. Yep. Well, I got to the end of the game, and there are five scenarios, five sort of key decisions you have to make. Mm-hmm. There are lots along the way, but five key, one for each. And the stats at the end of the game for me were you and 50% of players chose this. You and 50% of players chose this. Each one of them was 50-50. Really? So that means that people were just button mashing. Well, it could be, but it could also be that, I mean, I played it the day, oh, well, the night of its release, mostly. I play, I finished it the next night. Oh, so it's basically you chose one and Dave chose the other, and that was that. <laughs> right. So there could have just not been a big enough sample yet. But even in one day, you think there's got to be thousands, thousands of players playing it, right? Yeah. Tens of thousands, probably. So I don't know if it was that. I have a feeling, my theory is that... And this is a bit of a shortcoming of the game, even though it was really good, in that when you get such a small little snippet of different character stories, yeah. you don't really get enough story to to develop any sort of feelings or um, emotions or connection to the characters. Right. So the decisions don't have as much weight as they would in the original game where you've played through three episodes and, you know, something you've chosen earlier comes back into play or whatever you all right you sneeze i'm trying not to sneeze and (laughs) yawn and it's i'm just a mess all right it'll be all right so what i'm just saying is you don't get quite the connection here so you're you're not as inclined to go one way or the other it really is a 50 50 choice because you know you've only met these characters 10 minutes ago it's been one small self-contained scene and then you have a choice to make. It's like, eh, it could go either way. Right. So that's why you got 50-50 split. Yeah, that's why you get that. And if there was more to each one, then you would have people developing a connection to maybe one character and not another. Some people would develop the opposite connection, and you'd end up with less than 50-50. Right. Um, or maybe the game is just kind of designed this way that, you know, it's... I mean, it would be hard to do that, I think, to sort of design it so that people break off into two exact groups. But, you know, I think that was it. There just wasn't quite enough story here to make you go one way or the other. Um, So uh, along those lines, though, it makes me... I'm definitely going to go back and play it one more time to do some different decisions. Go back and play it and make the exact same decisions again. And see what happens? Yeah, and see what happens. (laughs) No. One of the things we talked about with the original game is that, uh, you know, I had two games going for a while where I tried to play it differently to see what the outcome was. And, you know, that's fine and all. But a lot of listeners wrote and called in and said, you know, it's okay if you want to do that. But a lot of people just like to play it through once, create the experience that they get out of it, you know, and not really go back and try and change the experience because you know, what they got is what they got and they're okay with that. With this, I don't feel any reservations about going back and trying it again, because like I said, there's no real, real emotional connection to these characters. So if I make a choice where somebody dies and somebody lives, I'll be like, all right, I wonder what happens if I choose somebody lives, the other person lives and this person dies, you know, and, and how it affects 
anything else that happens. So um, I'm going to go play it again. And like I said, at an hour, hour and a half, it's not going to take a long time. So I could play it three or four times, and then you've kind of got your five bucks worth, I'd say. There you go. I would say. So I say give it a chance. I think 400 Days was... uh, was really really good at least as good as the original game and some of it was actually even better good so i look forward to it there's another cool scene my second favorite part i think probably other than the foggy highway was a scene where you're you're stuck in a cornfield and you are trying to evade people who are coming after you with flashlights in a cornfield so you have to look at kind of where the flashlights are and jump between corn rows as you move forward so like et exactly like et well (laughs) Not not really exactly like <laughs> E.T., but uh, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting gameplay mechanic or gameplay style that I thought yeah. was really kind of like fun. fun. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, finally, uh, one more listener comment on the game. A friend of the show, Jason McDonald, on our Facebook page said, Telltale's The Walking Dead 400 Days is effing amazing. All right. So he was uh, excited about that. Uh, if you've played it, you have any thoughts, give us a call. Uh, on the Zombline at one eight six six four eight three zomb We would love to hear what you have to say about The Walking Dead 400 Days or send an email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Listener feedback. Okay, we've got a little bit of listener feedback. Two calls, in fact, to do this week. And uh, then we'll get finally to our Walking Dead Actor Spotlight uh, announcement. First... We have got this call from Michael in Alabama. He wanted to talk about our World War Z review from uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, cool. Hey, guys. This is Michael from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Just listened to the most recent podcast episode with your recap of World War Z. And I actually saw the movie over the weekend, too. And I wanted to say a couple of things, actually, really quick. Uh, I kind of thought the movie was, was maybe a solid 6 out of 10, also, like a lot of folks have, too. It just didn't seem like it flowed, um, you know, as far as going through the plot of the movie. But the the couple of things that I've noticed in this movie are, uh, I've never really heard this in a movie before, but there are a lot of lines that I did not hear, uh, and I don't think it was because of the theater setup. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies in my time, and I've never had a problem understanding a lot of the dialogue, but it seems like a lot of the dialogue, I just didn't catch. I wasn't able to hear a lot of things. Like there was a scene when they were on the uh, in the galley of the ship and they were serving food and talking about how it tasted bad. And a lot of that was, was totally, um, I wasn't able to understand it. So I didn't get a lot of the, the little dialogue, which didn't add a lot to the movie, I guess. But um, the second thing is, and I can't believe y'all didn't talk about this more, was the, the instances where they would uh, put duct tape around their forearms and legs. And I guess, I don't know if that was a nod to The Walking Dead or, or what that was, but it seems like Brad Pitt just instinctively knew to, to put duct tape around his forearms. And it seems like, I guess, if you want to have a super zombie shield, you duct tape a magazine to your forearms. So I wanted to see what y'all thought about that, but I just uh, really loved the show. Uh, um, I kind of enjoyed the movie. I, I'm glad that I saw it in the theater, and I think it was enhanced by seeing it on the big screen. So. Uh, I, I really appreciate the show, and I'm, I'm glad that y'all did kind of stray from the, the Walking Dead and talk about this movie. I think it would be awesome to do more things like that because y'all are just uh, great podcast hosts, and I really love listening to your shows. Have a great day. Thank you, Michael. And first of all, I'm sorry to hear you're losing your hearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry to hear about that. Uh, regarding that, I, I 
can't say I had any trouble hearing the movie, um, but I have been in situations in movie theaters before where there's something wrong with the sound. Yes. And generally what happens in that case is like it's not full surround sound or something, you know, maybe not all the speakers are working or something like that. And what they've done is as you walk out, this has happened to me twice, uh, actually, when you walk out, they've handed me a, uh, like a, almost like a gift card for yeah, a free movie, free, pass. free movie pass. Yeah. yeah. So I've had that. We watched the first, uh, I watched the first 10 minutes of signs in the movie with no audio. <laughs> and but it's M Night Shyamalan, so I didn't think of anything of it. I thought it was just like okay, silent part of the movie. I waited, and then uh, uh, what's his eyebrows? Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Uh, he sat up, you know, starting from a from a noise that he heard uh, while he was asleep, and it's like yeah, okay, the audio's not playing. Did you go out and say something? Uh, somebody did. They went right. out and they turned the audio on, and everything was fine. So there has been audio problems, and then we saw Dark Knight Rises, and I thought the uh, the Bane audio was uh, way off because it was just too loud and too obnoxious. But that's just the way he's... No, that's the way it is because yeah. uh, now that the movie's out, uh, yeah. yeah, it's totally... Uh, that's the way... It's very unnerving. So, right. yeah, there some movies just have simple audio problems. It just happens, right? So I'm surprised you didn't get any uh, re- uh, compensation from the theater there. But um, anyways, I didn't have a problem with that. Now, the other half of uh, Michael's comment here about the duct tape armor... I thought exactly the same thing while watching it. Yes. And then completely forgot to mention it while we did the review. Me as well. I made a mental note while sitting there. Hey, duct tape, uh, we need to talk about that on the podcast. Completely forgot. Totally forgot. And the magazine thing was even better. That took it one step more into the realm of awesome. It It did. Wrap a magazine around, duct tape it to your arms. Yeah. I mean, nobody can chew through you a magazine. Can't eat through a magazine. Maybe a shark. I don't think it would work against a shark, but against a human, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially a t- human with rotting teeth that may fall out at any time. Yeah, and if they have the soft heads like in The, the Walking Dead, they're not chewing anything. You probably, no. hard, you probably not gum through your skin. Yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty cool. That I, was I'm, cool. I'm, it's too bad we forgot to mention that, but that was a neat thing about the movie. Um, in terms of, of doing more reviews like that, I'd kind of like to, uh, I don't know if we're just going to go and see the latest romantic comedy together and review that. So we have to pick our, pick our movies. What did we see? We saw it at the drive-in theater one time. It was, uh, with our wives, but they were in a car together and we were in a car together. Well, it wasn't my wife. It was before my wife, but, uh, sorry. Yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) Legally Blonde 2. Uh, yes. Because we went, we were all at the cottage. I was with my girlfriend at the time. You were with your wife, and they wanted to watch it together in one car, which left you and me watching Legally Blonde <laughs> 2 in a car together. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, <laughs> there, we may go see movies like that, yeah. but we're not going to review them on this show. Right. Well, that's uh, that's the thing. Is that I, I would love to do a movie podcast, movie review podcast, talk about movies, go and see movies, review movies, talk about casting, uh, stuff that's been greenlit. That would be a fantastic thing. But it's it's not The Walking Dead. No. Or The Talking Dead, even. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I think any time a zombie movie comes out or a infected movie, right. infected movie, maybe we can try to make time to, to go see that one and do it here. If it involves sort of the apocalypse and human beings are uh, no longer the human beings you know and love, but they're trying to kill you because of some, either they're dead or infected with something or just really, really angry, Right? Uh, maybe we'll go see that movie All right, and, and talk about it. And talk about it. 
We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, those types of movies don't come out every week, so yeah. it's not going to happen all the time. And during the Walking Dead, you know, airing season, we don't have a lot of time to do that anyways. Right. So it might be a bonus thing or might just not happen at all. I think it's one of those, uh, we can't really define the rules, but we'll know it when we see it. There you go. When, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck figuring that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. One more call here this week. Dave from Syracuse. Hey, guys, this is Dave from Syracuse calling again. I actually have a holy crap, did you see that moment? Last night, I was rewatching episode one of season one. Look in the scene where Rick is gotten out of his car, where he's looking for gas right before any dialogue, and before he meets the little girl who's a zombie. When he's coming down the hill through that campsite that's abandoned, look at the tree. I think it's on his left, our, on the right of our screens on his left. There's a bunch of knives sticking out of that tree. I wonder, were they using that for target practice to get good at throwing weapons to use against the zombies? Or were they just storing, like, knives there because they didn't know the place to put them? I don't know. I just thought it'd be cool to point that out. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Holy crap. Did you see that? Thank you, Dave. I thought I'd play that there because yeah, it, 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 it worked. I didn't. I didn't think to play it before, so uh, I went back and checked that it checked out the scene he's talking about. And of course, it is the opening scene from the pilot. Wow! And uh, Rick's walking down the hill, and yeah, he passes a tree that's got knives, just knives stuck into it, full of knives, and it makes you wonder, like. What the hell? Like, why? Well, I guess I can't. I mean, target practice of knife throwing. They're not going to do that. I don't. No, think. you have one or two knives, and you throw them in, and then you pull them out of the tree, and then you take a few steps back, and you try again. And then when you're done, you keep them in your belt so it's close, yeah. or in your webbing. So knife storage, probably trees. knife storage trees. Well, I don't know why. I don't know. It's you don't store knives in trees. Well, that's. I mean, when you need one. You need it. You're not going to run to a tree and try to pull it out, right. and then it gets stuck. And oh, then my knife's in that tree over there by the highway. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it, exactly. So it's weird, but it's just one of those set things that, you know, they probably figured, hey, knives and trees, that looks cool. Let's more knives, more knives. Always more knives. Where's the knife guy? Put those knives somewhere. <laughs> knife guy's on lunch. <laughs> I'll just stick him in this tree. <laughs> so uh, it's it was kind of weird, but yeah, knife full of trees. Tree full of knives. Yeah, the other way. There you go. Um, thank you, Dave, for calling that in. Okay, now it's the time we've all been waiting for. We've teased it like four or five times. I don't think anyone really goes and watches along with us when we do these, but that's fine if you do. I do. We're all the, we're happy for it. I'm glad you do. Usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our next Walking Dead Actor Spotlight, it's going to be in two weeks from now when we record right after San Diego Comic-Con. So that should be a big action-packed podcast. That yeah. Yeah. We are going to be spotlighting Chad L. Coleman, who nice. plays Tyrese. Tyrese with the hammer. Tyrese's hammer. So he's been around for a while. He's been doing some acting. Hasn't had a lot of sort of lead starring roles, but that's okay. And uh, we try to find things where he's got at least a big enough part, but it's sometimes hard to do that. Yes. Yeah. You can't tell, you know, if someone has top billing or not from looking at the IMDb. Yep. But here's what we're going to watch. Uh, one movie... One short film and four episodes of TV shows. Wow, that's a lot. So it's a little bit more, but there's no, there's only one full-length movie, so it shouldn't be too hard. You can okay. probably watch a couple TV shows in a night, right? All right, what do we got? The Green Hornet. The Green Hornet. From a couple of years ago. Yeah, I've seen it already a couple of times. Maybe I'll watch it one more time. Watch it one more time. Good. I haven't seen it ever. So You haven't seen it ever. You're ahead of the game already, man. 
Why haven't you seen it? Well, I just just have one of those things. I haven't got around to it. Like Fargo and Braveheart. I haven't seen either of those either. <laughs> Stop. I got a list. Stop pointing out my shortcomings. <laughs> it's not and... a shortcoming. It's just, <laughs> you know, Braveheart is too late. Fargo, you got to see. Fargo, I got to see. Yeah. But are you putting Fargo and Braveheart in the same category as the Green Hornet? As far as movies you have not seen, yes. Fine. No other category. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Hornet is our first one. Um, season one, episode one of a show called I Hate My Teenage Daughter. Okay. It's the pilot, of course. That's a half hour show. You can watch that in your sleep, probably. 20 minutes. There you go. Uh, season six, episode 10 of Burn Notice. So that's cool. Yeah. I haven't seen any Burn Notice. They have six seasons of Burn Notice? Yes, they do. I think maybe seven or eight. I've watched the first half of the first season and figured this is going to get canceled. Nope. Six seasons, seven maybe. Wow. Um, Burn Notice I've always meant to watch, to be honest with you. Not just because it has uh, Bruce, Campbell. Bruce Campbell, but that is a big part of it. Well, that would be the only reason I would go back and try and watch it, because I didn't like it. I didn't like the female lead. I, uh, the male lead was kind of iffy. But Bruce Campbell, can he carry a whole show when he's not the main character? I don't know. He I don't car- know. He can carry a lot. He could carry. I'd watch the man talk live. Yeah. I'd go see him talking anywhere where he was standing on a stage playing with the audience. But, uh, yeah, okay, so Burn Notice, Season 6, Episode 7? 10. 10. Called Desperate Times. Desperate Times. And then a short film from 2001. Now, this is the oldest thing I could find or easily accessible for Chad L. Coleman called The Gilded Six Bits. Hmm. I don't know anything about this film, but it was available on Vimeo, and uh, we're going to check it out. It's a short film. It's about a half hour long, so it's just a little longer than a half-hour TV show. So you take 75 cents, you put it in a bath with uh, an electrical light solution, and you gild it with uh, silver, and then uh, make a short film. (laughs) Sure, why not? I guess. The Gilded Six Bits. Yeah. Uh, Season 6, Episode 10. Hey, that's weird. uh, Of um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, I've always... That's the show I've always wanted to kind of see. Now, hopefully, it actually is season six, episode 10, and I didn't just copy oh, that from copy Burn and paste error? I, I don't know, but the episode is titled Charlie Kelly, right. colon, King of the Rats. All right, let me look that up here. Uh, always Sunny. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, another show I've kind of always meant to check out because a lot of people really like that show. While you're looking that up, the final thing in our Chad L. Coleman marathon will be in Plain Sight, Season 3, Episode 4, called Whistle Stop. Whistle Stop. Yes. Oh, that's a train reference. Now, generally, when I choose TV episodes, I go for the um, the first episode with the character, the um, introduction of the character. Right. And that is the case in all of these TV shows, I believe. Well, definitely I Hate My Teenage Daughter, because that's the first episode ever. And then Burn Notice, Philadelphia, and In Plain Sight is the first one, even though it's the middle of their runs or some somewhere in the in their run. Now, Chad L. Coleman is mostly known before The Walking Dead for his role on The Wire. So you may ask why I did not choose anything from The Wire. Because you want to watch The Wire. Because I really want to watch The Wire. And, and I don't, don't want to just jump into the middle of it. E- exactly. I don't mind with these other shows. And even if I do want to watch Burn Notice or Philadelphia... I don't mind jumping in in the middle. I don't think it's as key that you start... Like, if if we see an episode in the middle of one of these shows, no big deal. We can go back and watch it and still enjoy it. I have a feeling with The Wire, it might not be like that. Some of these more long-running, um, continuous shows... Like, you wouldn't want to jump into the middle of season four of Mad Men, 
right? It would just you wouldn't know what was going on. Well, with Mad Men, it doesn't matter. Well, it does a little bit. No, you, not really. You need you kind of get in. Everything's a little vignette on its own. I think it as a kind of a uh, what am I just thinking? A, a setting piece. You could watch Mad Men, just an episode of Mad Men, and go, "Wow, that's messed up." Okay, and then move on with your life. Maybe, um, but you certainly wouldn't want to do that if if Mad Men was a show that you have on a list to, that you want to go watch. Right now, that applies to a lot of shows. Fair enough, but I just feel like there are some. Maybe Breaking Bad's a better example that you wouldn't want to just jump in in the middle and then have to go back and watch from the beginning and Breaking sort of Bad know where a, it's... a good example of that. You know, even from one episode, you get an idea of where the characters have gone, you know? So, um, Chad L. Coleman's character on The Wire, I think, doesn't show up until season three out of four or five, right? Four. Four. And I really didn't want to jump into the middle there and watch it. So, it's definitely a bit of a hole in our Chad Coleman spotlight, but... Yeah, you haven't seen The Wire either, right? Oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> then you could talk about The Wire, maybe. Well, I but... don't remember that particular episode or that particular character. But... Well, he was in like eight or ten episodes. He was in I still don't remember. All right, so I am definitely going to go watch it, so maybe we'll revisit Mr. Coleman at some point. But for now, I just can't bring myself to watch one right in the middle, so this is the list we've got. Okay, so uh, season six, episode ten of... Burn Notice is Desperate Times. Is that the right one? That is correct. Okay, so season six, episode 10 of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is Charlie Kelly, colon, King of the Rats. Also correct. So they're both season six, episode 10. Funny how that worked out. Yeah. There you go. That's what we're going to be watching over the next two weeks. If you'd like to play along, then, you know, pick one of those or all of them if you want. Check them out and uh, send in your thoughts on Chad L. Coleman's back catalog or at least these selections from it and uh, if you think any of these things kind of you know shaped his not role necessarily but the way he approached it for the walking dead maybe there'll be something in there yeah i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be a fun one it will be a fun one so in two weeks we'll do this we will also do as much as we can on san diego comic con coverage and uh then i will be gone for a couple of weeks so the podcast after that i'm not sure when it will be but there might be an extra week break in there because i'm going to be out east right on the east coast of canada um that's okay yeah it's fine and and then when i come back we'll really be in the home stretch because it'll be august yeah so uh that's exciting uh there you go jason anything else to do before we wrap this thing up oh uh, i don't think so i think right. i'm good very good you are good you are you are just fine. I am just fine. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, I think that would be fantastic. You can call us on the Zomb line at one eight six six four eight three Z O M B. It's a toll free call, and those last four letters uh, translate into the numbers nine six six two. Nine six six two. So program that into your phone when you're walking around and you see something or some thought pops into your brain it's already right there you can just hit the button to call us yep. you can call us leave a message call us every 5 minutes don't do that please but whenever you have something great to say <laughs> and uh nah, call us every 5 minutes if you want that's fine just not <laughs> see every, how long you can keep it up not every 5 minutes for 24 hours a day that would be a little much for you not for us but for you i'm thinking of you yeah. folks here um one eight six six four eight three nine six six two. It's toll free. Put it in your phone. Call us when you want to. We promise not to answer. Definitely not. You can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead. 
I've been uh, I've been checking that a little bit more recently. I'm bad at the Twitter, as I've said, but uh, Twitter still exists. It still exists. Yes, you're just bad at the internet. I'm really bad at the internet. I work <laughs> on the internet, but God forbid I try and launch Facebook. Good lord, man! Speaking of Facebook, go to facebook.com/slash the Talking Dead. I post there a little bit more often, especially when things like games come out, and I want to know what people think. Or send us email at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Jason, I'm going to spring something on you. Spring here. it on, my friend. Don't you think it would be a good idea at some point before season four starts to do another live call-in show? Yes. We will be doing that at some point before season four starts. We'll get a little bit more into the home stretch first. October 13th. Uh, that What day of the week is that? Monday? It's a Sunday. Oddly enough. Right. So that's probably the day that season four starts, so it won't be that day. All right. So but maybe, 7th then. <laughs> maybe sometime in September. Let's okay, say in September. In September, maybe we can do some predictions for for season four, something like that. Yeah. Um, depending on, you know, what information gets out there by That'd then anyways. Yeah, let's so do that. We'll do that sometime in September. We'll set it all up, and uh, that's always a good time when we do that. Um, finally... Our um, short story contest is plugging along. Again, we don't know the exact deadline yet, but it will be a week before Season 4 premieres. I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to announce the premiere date at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. So in a couple of weeks, we should know that, and then we will be able to give you the actual deadline for our short story contest. We will be in the know. Absolutely. It feels like in the last little while, the entries have ramped up a little bit more, so we're getting more entries, and we're going to be uh, starting the evaluation process soon. The serious evaluation process. I'm looking so, forward to reading these. Absolutely. That'd be great. Um, I'm definitely going to be going through them and getting in touch with some people about uh, possibly reading excerpts on future podcasts over August and September. Cool. So, yeah. um, you know, if your name isn't called, please uh, stay tuned and maybe and we'll get back to you if, if we can. So, um, but thanks for all the entries. It's really awesome to see people participating, and uh, I look forward to diving into them and, you know, ultimately choosing a winner sometime in October. So it's going to be really cool. Fun. Thank you for listening, everybody. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. We'll see you next time. Bye. Now we are recording. I can see my voice. Can I see yours? Not unless I say something. Not unless you say something. Ball. 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 I think you're just generally louder than I am. Ball. Ball, 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 ball. I'm trying to make a perfect circle in the uh, the waveform. Ball. No, it's got to be ball. 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 It's not bad. Oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) One with audio. (laughs) Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to make a perfect circle in the waveform after all?